0: just your reminder to subscribe thank you friends hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of asking for a friend the podcast where we try to answer the big and small questions on life I'm your host, Selena. And on today's episode, Universal's beef with TikTok, how Gen Z is saving Hollywood one interview at a time and why you have to stop selling yourself short. And I am joined today by astrologer Tyler Capri. What the hell is a sudden return and why men like astrology much more than they pretend to? Get ready for your crash course in astrology. But before we do that, let's get into our first segment. Have you heard that? Hello, everyone. I am in the best mood possible. I can tell you because I am back in my favorite city in London, England. I touched down earlier today. Today is Thursday. I know that you're listening to this on a Tuesday, but I record this on Thursday. And I was actually not sure if I'm going to record today because currently it is 10 p.m. at night. I'm not a night owl, I'm an early bird. So I usually record earlier in the morning. But today, hey, I have so much energy right now because... A lot of things happened today that could have gone wrong because there were supposed to be strikes. There were actually strikes. There were not just supposed to be. But uh, on Thursday today, a lot of major airports were um, there were major strikes there. So when I arrived in Dusseldorf at the airport, it was a ghost town. There was so little cars. Usually the airport is very, very busy, very buzz- buzzing with so many people. And when I arrived like it was, it was just a ghost town. It was kind of creepy. And the day before I already knew that my flight might get cancelled because they didn't have enough personnel and I agree like they should be paid fairly is it is it kind of a shit show for us as travelers yes definitely but pay people what they deserve that's all I'm gonna to say to this but basically the day before I was kind of stressed. I was kind of getting stressed. I was like, what am I going to do if my flight is not taking off? Do I have to rebook it? But I want to be in London as soon as possible because I only have two months here. So I was going back and forth about this. And at some point I was just like, you know, you know what, Elena, you have a word for 2024. My word for 2024 is luck. And in this year, there have already been so many occasions where I was extremely lucky. Where I was like, holy shit, 2024 really is, is playing out to be much better than 2023. So for example, I'll give you an example. One thing, how I get lucky. I won something. I entered a giveaway to get a mini coaching by um, a coach that I really admire. And I entered the giveaway and I won. I actually won. What the hell? I've never won something like this. And that's only one of the things. For example, I got an audition. That is something that was really lucky. Um, I finally found a VA that I'm working with. Having a VA, for example, was on my business plan for the next year. And that is already happening in the first month of 2024. Insane. Um, And so when I was going into this whole travel to London, I booked the flight months ago. And I was like, you know what? It's going to happen my flight will take off. My flight will be one of the only ones that will take off. And I just trusted that. And I was like, I was being delusional as fuck. Like I, I I took delusion to a new level. And I was, I believed in that flight taking me to London today so much that there was no other way it's going to happen to what's going to happen today. So I arrived, there's nothing going on. The airport was a total ghost town. And we just stood in line. And I met this super nice lady there. And we just talked for the whole time. And she was getting kind of nervous as well. She's like, oh, "There's like it's, it's like three hours, like two hours until takeoff. And they're still not doing check-in. Like, what if our flight is going to get canceled as well? Because they kept canceling flight after flight after flight. All of the flights that were on the board above ours were just being canceled, canceled, canceled. And ours just stood there. We already had a gate and everything. So I felt really good about it. And at some point, so my sign, whenever I ask for a sign from the universe, I, for me, it's a butterfly. So I know whenever I see a butterfly in any way, shape or form, whether that's a picture or an actual butterfly, or then I know that things are going to go well. Things are going to go my way. It's a sign from the universe. And in that moment, before they opened the checkout, the check in, the checkout, We're not in a supermarket. Before they opened the check-in for us to put our luggage in, there was a woman that came by and on her suitcase was a huge butterfly. I was like, that's my sign. There it is. And we're going to make it. Long story short, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but long story short, not only was the check-in done in like 10 minutes, we also did not have to wait at the security control. We were so quick at the gate no lines, nowhere. The flight departed on time. We got into London 10 minutes early. Everything went smoothly. Even the train ride to my apartment, no delays. Everything was as smooth as can be. And I was like, what the hell? That's the universe literally showing me how good it gets. I, and I urge you to try this. Try this out and ask universe, universe, show me how good it gets. And then just let the universe surprise you. This is a very long intro to, uh, to have you heard that because I have something to talk about today. If you haven't heard it yet. So I'm still not on TikTok. I still am abstaining from TikTok. I get sent my daily dose of TikTok by my best friend via WhatsApp, which is unnecessarily complicated, but she's, she's doing the Lord's work. And when this news hit not only my whatsapp inbox via my best friend but also when i saw this on time on sites like the new york times if you haven't heard it yet universal music group has written a fiery open letter accusing tiktok of, of tiktok so our favorite app of offering unsatisfactory payment for music so basically exploiting people on the app and using the music without paying them a fair amount which can we say hypocritical? Because Universal is not necessarily the the biggest champion of paying fair market values to their artists. So basically, they wrote this open letter that they wanted to pull all the whole catalog of music from TikTok. So... Early this morning, TikTok confirmed that it had removed music from Universal and videos on the app just began to show the effect of the broken partnership. So basically, Universal recordings by Universal artists were deleted from TikTok's library and that, were, that included Drake, Taylor Swift, The Weeknd and Olivia Rodrigo. So everyone who is signed with Universal, all of their recordings, all of their music is now completely taken off of the app which let's be honest what a what a stupid move tiktok is one of the main platforms that a lot of artists use to really market tiktok has become such a marketing platform for artists it's easy like just i think i talked about it in, in a couple episodes think of the snippets that we listen to that go viral and then from there artists are becoming bigger so it's a lot of a lot of independent artists as well but also, for bigger artists like Taylor Swift, this is all. This is this is virality. This is needed, and I feel like it's the hypocrisy for me of a huge label that is not really paying their artist the fair share. Accusing an app like TikTok of not like of doing the same thing. Do you know the Spider Man meme where they like? it's like three Spider-Mans and they're all pointing at each other. That's TikTok and Universal right now. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's uh, in response to Universal TikTok, then on Tuesday accused like this Tuesday, accused the music company in a statement um, of putting their own greed above the interest of their artists and songwriters. And that's exactly what I'm meaning. That's exactly what I mean. It's, They're putting their own greed of not getting more money through their artists by having those songs and those catalogs on TikTok. They're putting that above the interest of the artist because it's of the artist's interest to be on an app like TikTok, to have their music used by millions and millions of consumers of TikTok, of creators and becoming even bigger and building their platform. So, yeah, let me know what you think about this. I think it's yeah I always have to think of the Spider-Man meme when it comes to that because it's so ironic it's so ironic and you can see that greed is everywhere and especially in the music industry which is absolutely wild and which is why I also um have such a have such a passion for working as a creative artist coach as well and working with musicians and building up their self-esteem, but like to be able to make it on their own and just to build up their own stamina and build up their confidence so that they can go into, let's say agreements or talks with bigger labels to get in there and be like, no, I'm, I'm, I want to get paid what I'm worth because artists are not just artists to put this out there anywhere, but you should be paid fairly for it as well. So this is the one thing that I have on Have You Heard That? The second thing is, and this is kind of like, I don't know if it's very niche, but I I just love it. Gen Z currently is saving Hollywood one interview at a time because they are so fucking unhinged. They're, it, it really, they are whole YouTube compilations of interviews by, let's say, the cast of Stranger Things or the cast of Bridgerton, um, Renee Rapp from Mean Girls. It all looks like they don't have media training. They're so unhinged. They have no filter and it's so refreshing. It's none of this PR training conversations that we hear from bigger stars or bigger celebrities, art- artists or actors. And basically any celebrities going onto those talk shows no, they're being sarcastic they're being uh, they're using the f-words and they're just they're speaking in in memes and if you have this have seen this one from who is it nicholas galitzin is basically the two actors from red white and royal blue where they they're basically reciting memes where it's like you're a liar, actress, go the fuck out. <laughs> and it's just, it's so unhinged and that makes it so relatable. And I think that's why it works. And that's, it's no longer this, yeah, I'm promoting my film and now I'm telling you this generic story or like the story that I have brought that... It seems like it's super spontaneous, which come on, it's not, it's not spontaneous, but these things that these upcoming Gen Z actors and entertainers, they're bringing a certain kind of sass and I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. I mean, I'm already rocking the Gen Z hairstyle, even though I'm totally a millennial, I'm not a Gen Z, but sometimes I wish I was because to have their sass, that's a life goal. That wraps up, have you heard that? Which brings me immediately to that's mental. And I know last week I skipped that's mental. I'm so sorry. But um, as for that's mental, I want to talk to you guys about something. And what I want to talk to you about is we have to stop being condescending on talking condescendingly about ourselves. What do I mean by that? I will tell you because so many times, how many times have you talked about yourself in a matter of playing yourself down or selling yourself short? Have you ever talked about your favorite hobbies? Or have you ever talked about a book where like, yeah, I mean, like, oh, it's kind of lame. Why would you do that? Why would we joke about ourselves? If we don't take ourselves seriously, how are the people around you going to take you seriously? And and I take it a step further. If you don't take yourself seriously, how is your new boss taking you, going to take you seriously? How are your employees going to take you seriously? How are your friends or new people or fans, how are they going to take you seriously? I want you to cut it's, these like filler words, pretty decent, um, perhaps, maybe, eventually. I want you to cut those out of your life. Talk about your life and yourself and your art, like you would your favorite person. And you, you should be your favorite person. And if that makes you cringe right now, if you think like, yeah, but I cannot talk about myself that way because then I'm being conceited. There's something we can unpack right right now, right here. Why are you afraid to talk about your art? Why are you afraid to talk about yourself? Why would you rather undersell yourself? then scream from the rooftops that you're proud of yourself. I know so many people who cannot tell, who cannot say about themselves that they're proud of themselves for the smallest things or the biggest things. And that's what I want you to start doing. Start by quitting those filler words. Like, yeah, it's pretty decent. I guess it's okay. Or I guess I'm good. Talk about yourself like you would about your best friend. You would never tell someone that you just met you would never tell them, oh yeah, I have this best friend and I guess she's pretty cool and yeah, she has She has a pretty, yeah, I guess she has a nice style and I guess she's, she's like very inspirational. No, you wouldn't. You would praise your best friend to infinity and beyond. Why wouldn't you do that for yourself? Stop being condescending about yourself. Start taking yourself seriously. Start treating yourself like you are the price. And I don't mean that in a way that you have to go around and tell everyone I'm so fucking cool. I mean, go, go do you, but it doesn't have to be in a way that's being, being show-offish. But if you know who you are, and if you know what you bring to the table, and if you know what makes you, you, without having to put other people down or comparing yourselves, that is true confidence. And that's how you Are going to get where you want to be you deserve to be proud of who you are and finally show yourself the praise you deserve all right cool which then now brings me to our talk for today today is about astrology i'm so excited without further ado let's jump right into my interview with tyler All right, you guys, this is the part of the podcast where I am so excited to introduce my guest for today. She's a TV and movie actress known from many series, for example, Navy CIS LA, and she's also... An astrologer and tarot reader which is why she's here today to talk all things astrology we met over yoni circle a woman's storytelling app where she is the resident astrologer and shares what the planets have in store for us and how to navigate the shifts. and today we're talking again all things astrology welcome to the pod tyler capri <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be
0: here. It's so cool to have you on. As I said, like we've met 2000. Was it 2020? Probably right? 19?
1: It was definitely 2020 because that was when the uh, app Yoni Circle first launched. So it's a long year and um yeah so you were in circles with me I yes i just love you. this because
0: i also had uh, lucia on before we talked all things trauma bonding so that was really cool i met so many incredible women through yoni circle and it's it's a, such an incredible community so i was really happy when i approached you and asked you I was like do you want to be on the podcast do you want to talk about astrology and you were immediately were like yes <laughs>
1: I was so excited when I received that email because, you know, I was watching all of your other episodes and I was like, oh my God, it'd be so cool for me to be on a one episode. So it was just timing is right. And here we are.
0: I love it. So, Tyler, before we start, like usually I, I gave you two questions basically in the intro email. So the first one is Who's your celebrity okay. podcast?
1: You know, I had to think about this for a very long time because. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a part of my life where like, I don't really have a lot of like celebrity crushes anymore, but one person that popped up in my mind was Trevor Noah.
0: Oh my God. I love Trevor Noah. (laughs) And the reason why is because
1: I was on Raya, which is like that exclusive dating app and he was on there too. And I tried to match with him. Isn't he in a relationship? This was like years ago.
0: Got yeah. it, got it. Because I never, so funny story, I applied for Raya and I actually had like, because I worked in the celebrity industry, like I worked in the entertainment industry and I have, in, even in my contacts, I have people who could have endorsed me who did and I never got on. I never was accepted. And now I'm like, I think that, do you also think that the time for Raya is over?
1: Yes, very much so. Because I was like one of the first people that Ooh. were like on the app because I was like on it, like literally like when it launched. And I found that like back then, it was more curated and intimate. And like, I actually went on dates with people and people were genuinely trying to like date the people that they were matching. But now I feel like it's just more of like, clout and building socializing, networking and not really wanting to find genuine connection i mean especially for people
0: who are in the public eye like that that used to be a platform where yeah as you said it was more intimate and from what i've heard nowadays it's like yeah as you said it's like cloud and uh, it's yeah i don't know if i even want to be on there anymore i kind of swore off all dating apps i was just like "Mm, no you know what i'm I'm either going to find my person like out there in the real world or someone has to kick in my door while i'm chilling on the couch (laughs)
1: yeah it's really not worth it, especially now. I think it's like twenty dollars a month, and I'm like it's not that serious <laughs> yeah, it's not worth that investment at least not you have for to my pay for it. Style. you have to pay to be twenty
0: mm-hmm. dollars that is ridiculous, yes. okay, one more reason not to get on it, so like i'm I'm not even sad.
1: my unpopular opinion is um i I'm not a fan of hustle culture and like working harder. I just feel like that, that doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, Mainly just like that's from my experience. I'm a Capricorn. Um, For those of you that get it, get it. And like from the time that I was eight, like I knew exactly what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. So I devoted all of my time and attention to it. And now that I'm a grown woman in my 30s, I'm like, you know what? I could have relaxed a little bit more. I didn't have to work that hard. I probably would have enjoyed life better if I just like did things that normal kids do. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of the hustle. hustle, ah, I'm not a fan of the hustle culture at all.
0: I'm all about working smarter, hey, and But if you don't mind me asking, when did you start out because you said like you would have loved to just embrace being like a kid and so so when did you start in the in the entertainment industry? Yeah.
1: So I started um my first commercial that wow. I booked I was 8 years old. Uh yeah, and I like auditioned a lot, did a lot of acting classes, but I'm also a professionally trained dancer. So I was um, doing dance competitions as a kid and serious, seriously yeah. pursuing dance. So when I was like about 12, 13, I had to choose either acting or dance, and I chose dance. But as I got older and I was in college, acting came back to me through an opportunity, um, through my high school dance teacher and i was like hmm it's as if the universe is like okay let's pick this back up because it was during a time in my life where i was just questioning my future and this opportunity kind of fell into let's try this out
0: i'm so excited because it's basically it's a perfect segue into the episode but before we do i i watched the christmas movie that you were in and i didn't know you were in it so i was just watching it and at one point i was like wait a minute that woman I know her face and I was like it can't be and then I went on IMDB and just like checked it out and was like that is Tyler it's like it's always this moment where like if you know someone and you see them in something that you just happen to be watching you're like that's so cool so like loved it i loved it and also as someone who did um i i got into acting last year i have this year i wish that's the thing i wish i had pursued it more this year i did a full one month like intensive in london february in february march and it was such a cool experience and but being a business owner i mean you can probably attest to that as well being someone who's self-employed who works for themselves you want to do so many things but then Sometimes the day doesn't have enough hours. So you have to, in the end, decide on where you got to put most of your time to. And for me, this year, that was my business also had like a big mental breakdown this year and uh, needed to just go offline for like eight weeks and really just have nothing to do with this but i came back to it also talking about capricorn capricorn is my signature sign like my most of my planets like in my birth chart are in capricorn but we're going to talk about this a lot so i get i get the appeal of like just the hustling and all this and like let's just dive in tyler first of all before we before we go to everyone is listening this is an astrology episode and it's not just the astrology episode where you get to know everything about what astrology can do or basically what what is out there but we want to talk about what if people make it their character to just be their sign what if they because in my opinion it it, i i'm really not a fan of people that say like, Oh my God, I'm always late. It's because I'm a cancer or whatever. I'm like, no, it's because you don't value other people's time. So like, please don't make your sign responsible for you, not respecting other people's time. So we're going to talk about that. But first of all, can you talk a little bit about your background? Like how did you get into astrology and tarot? Like when did that happen? Tell us everything.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like I've always been spiritually inclined from the time that I was young. Um, I am half West Indian. My mom's side of the family is from Barbados and Trinidad. So uh, spirituality is very prevalent in that culture. And also just being, you know, Black American, um, that is also something too that's very prevalent in our culture here in America. So I remember just having a lot of vivid dreams as a kid. And like, it's to a point where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a dream. And I'm like, oh, like, is, crazy. is it a dream? Or is it something more? So as I got older, I tried yeah. to like shut that off. Um, yeah. but when I was In college, and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life, I would always go online and just read like my yearly or monthly horoscope. And um, I'm a Capricorn, but my dad's also a Capricorn. So growing up, I was very skeptical. I was very skeptical about astrology, just like you. I'm like, like, I don't know about this because me and my dad are like completely different people. So there was one time where I was like reading like my yearly Horoscope for Capricorn, and then they are like, "Read for your rising sign." And I was like, "What the hell is a rising sign?" <laughs> exactly. So I like tried to figure out my what my rising sign was, and I did the calculations through the computer, you know, um, and it said I was a rising Aquarius, and I read up about Aquarius, and I was like. You know, I resonate a lot more with Aquarius energy than Capricorn energy. Maybe that's the reason why I don't like feel as though me and my uh, dad are the same, even though we're a Capricorn. And then I remember there's one funny like story where I was um, in college in New York City. I went to a dance school and um, I was just hanging out with all of my friends in, in our dorm. And my friend came walking in because we were both just going through like a very challenging time in our life. And she was like, I know why I'm so hard on my partner. On my, uh, She was like, I know why I'm so hard on my partners in romantic relationships. It's because my Venus is in Scorpio. And just intuitively, I knew her Venus wasn't in Scorpio. I was like, <laughs> I don't think that's true. So I looked it up and I was like, well, how do I find out my Venus sign? And, you know, that's when it led me to like the birth Obviously. chart calculator. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I put in my birth chart information and lo and behold, I had
0: my Venus in Scorpio and my friend did not. Wait, wait, wait what was your, your friends, though?
1: Her Venus was in Aquarius. Couldn't
0: Couldn't be any different. So like... <laughs>
1: So I was like, huh, I feel as though like the universe is like trying to like breadcrumb me to yes. learn more about astrology. So that's when I just like took all of the information that I had in my birth chart, like my sun sign, moon sign, Mercury sign. All I wrote that all down and then I just put all of that into Google and I read every article that popped up on each placement. And if you understand anything about birth charts, those listening, you know that there are so many different components to your birth chart. So yes, so uh, it literally took me years to read my own birth chart.
0: See, and that's the thing. That's what I truly commend because I am really interested in it. But the thing is, like, I'm, I'm I'm not an expert. I love, like, I, I get the gist of it. I cannot read, like, the circular chart. That is still higher mathematics for me. When I look at that, I'm just like, I have no idea what this means. I know the signs, but the rest of it, I don't know. But I think, like, I'm really interested in it, but it cannot, it, it doesn't stay in my brain. I don't know why, but it doesn't stay in my brain. But I'm so interested in it. So you... Really, just te- like taking all this time and years to just even read your own birth chart, but I truly believe, like you were a breadcrumb by the universe. And for those of you who are listening, um, if you are one of those people who have not embraced the Dalulu lifestyle yet and the and the spiritual lifestyle, this may sound all a little bit like juju and like really woo woo and all that what do you say to those people because you probably come across one or the other person and also i want to ask i'm gonna bookmark this but especially in dating because i feel on a lot of dating sides men especially have put it like oh if you're into astrology like oh don't tell me don't ask me what my sign is i will swipe what do you do swipe L- swipe r- left, left. <laughs> I was like, see, that's how long I haven't been on dating apps. <laughs> like, I have to think about like, which way do you swipe if you don't want to meet up with someone? <laughs> but yeah, what do you, what do you tell those people who think astrology is absolute bullshit?
1: I mean, I say, I completely understand, you know, with the astrology content that we see right now, or like what we grew up with, like that wasn't real astrology. That was pure entertainment. And the astrology that I chose to take years to learn, that's like, I would say it's like the true astrology, which is like Vedic astrology, sidereal astrology, where there's so many philosophies and lessons to each of the signs and the planets and how you can interpret it when they yeah. all mesh together. That is something that's a lot more complex
0: that people don't realize yeah. is a part of astrology. And, and again, like with the, with the modern astrology, I feel a lot of people got interested in it because of the memes. Of like, this is like the memes of Kim Kardashian crying. It's like, oh, that's a Scorpio or like when they're being like wronged or whatever. We, we we kind of come back to Scorpio all the time. But But how do you feel towards those memes? Like, do you find them entertaining? Do you find them to be accurate?
1: I find them to be entertaining and sometimes they are accurate. I feel like what really helped me with astrology is yes, learning about, you know, reading astrology articles and seminars and all of that, but also seeing how all that information applies to everyday life. And you'll be so surprised how those themes show up very heavy in everyday life just through like movies, music, tv personalities. Yes. So I feel like the astrology meme culture is a great way to really help you learn astrology in a more abstract way if your mind can't wrap around like the logical, punctual side of it. Yeah,
0: some people will say it is not not logical at all. I disagree because even and as I said, you know, like if you if you blame certain characteristics only on your sign that's just absolute bullshit please don't do that like just like look yourself in the mirror but um there are so many traits like for example um I'm an Aquarius son and a lot of times when I read my chart when I re- read my horoscope I'm like I, just, I don't think I'm aloof I don't think I'm like, and I'm also like, I'm a very emotional person. And then like in the first character traits that you read for for Aquarius is like, oh, aloof And like they're with the aliens of the Zodiac, obviously. But it's also like, yeah, but once I found out and I think what irked me is also this like, I, I shut people out and I'm like, and I was like, I'm the most open person probably ever. And, and so I could never quite understand and it never and as the same way you did with capricorn right was like mm, i don't know and then i found out can you get can you do you have any idea what my rising hmm, could be usually i'm not good
1: at this i'm only good at like reading the information um is yes. it an yes. air rising sign
0: Mm-mm. do you want me to tell me that do you want me to tell you the element i'm a water rising Okay, is it Pisces,
1: Cancer? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not- nope, Cancer. Okay, yes. that makes <laughs> a lot more sense <laughs> with the emotional know. with the emotional expression. Yeah,
0: and it made so much sense when I found it out. It was like, oh my god, I feel seen. And then I found out my moon sign. Uh, I'm an See, Aries moon. The fire,
1: I was because okay. I first was thinking a Libra rising when you were, but I think it was more yeah. of that Aries energy that I was picking up of that polarity. But wow, okay, so your Sun probably falls in your eighth house, correct?
0: I have, I have to be I'm honest, sure no sure it idea right now. Rising Cancer,
1: <laughs> okay, that makes a lot. Of sense. So,
0: Ooh. okay, I need to, I need to book myself a reading with you. <laughs>
1: Well, just very quickly, so if you are listening and you're trying to learn your birth chart and um, you find that you have your sun sign in either the eighth house, fourth house, or 12th house, you may not identify with the sun sign characteristics just because those houses are known as the private or hidden houses. So it makes sense why you probably didn't resonate with Aquarius energy because the eighth house that is the identity that we step into once we are like doing like deep soul work on, on ourself. And usually we don't experience that until like we're yeah. older in life. So yes. I think once you get older, you'll identify more with the Aquarius energy. But when you're younger, you'll identify more with your rising and moon sign.
0: Oh, that's so interesting because I also heard and read it that... The, the older you get, the more into your rising you kind of tap into. Is that also correct? Or is that something? Because I feel like that's that's being displayed by media a lot.
1: So I look at the rising sign as like us in neutral, us in auto drive. Like that's just our natural, intuitive behaviors. So that is actually the energy that I say we embody when we're younger, because that's just something that like, it's just naturally, it's naturally a part of I, of our identity of our energy, whereas our sun sign that deals with awareness, self awareness doesn't happen until like our late 20s. So and then yeah. depending on like, you know, the placement of your zodiac sign, there's different um, ages that each of the signs mature. So you can have your sun sign in Pisces, yeah. but that energy is not going to mature until like you're in your mid thirties.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what what is that about? Like why why does that happen, for example, for Pisces like in like later in life? Well,
1: it's just because that's the last sign. So it's just like, yeah, all of the signs is just, you know, chronological. And then like depending on like which um, you know, techniques you study or branches of astrologies, there's different ages that each of the signs mature.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Also, like I, I have friends of mine who are like really into astrology and it's so fun to talk with them about it. And that's how, how I also found out about my Saturn return. And that was, do you want to, do you want to tell the listeners like a little bit in like, in like maybe normal lingo, because when I first heard about it, it was like Saturn, what Mercury retrograde who, but we're going to get into that as well. But like, do you want to, Explain to them like what your Saturn return actually represents.
1: In a nutshell, your Saturn return is you graduating into adulthood. That's point blank period. So we at this point of our Saturn return are um, experiencing the consequences of our actions good and bad. So that's the reason why a lot of people, they may experience like, you know, illnesses, or they have a realization that they don't, you know, they're not connected with their career. It's because, you know, their action is more connected to the impulsivity of being young and naive. But Saturn deals with maturity, age, experience, And by the time that we experience our Saturn return, which is like our late 20s, 28, 29, 30, we've had enough experience. We understand life a little bit more. We're like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that when I was younger because now my back is hurting (laughs) and I can't be doing all this movement because I was really active when I was young and I wasn't taking care of my body while I was doing that.
0: Exactly. You know what? I actually founded Inner Space Coaching Um, at the end of my Saturn return I think it was also like I, I did this calculator thing and I think it was like only two days after that date and it was it was crazy because mine was like quite short the the time and I think it started when I quit my job And it ended when I founded my business. And I mean, I have had my business for for two years now. And this was so interesting because I am a very spiritual person. And I think I've always been. And... When I was younger, I was in church choir. So like church, like s- spirituality in the sense of like believing in something was there. But I also remember when I was younger, I would use, I would have like uh, witch books. Like where it's like, how can you make like spells with like a love spell with like candles? And I would just like be in my beanbag and just like... Bunch over those those pages, and I always had a knack for fantasy, for for magic, and and I and I count astrology into that because it's just, it, it, a lot of people don't think is rational, but I think it's one of the most like it. It's the only. I don't want to call it a religion, but it's the closest thing to religion that we have on that end and it's the only one that doesn't have certain rules because every religion comes with rules you have to um you have to do go to certain ceremonies or like you know to mass and at the same time like you have to repent for something with astrology is literally you you can tap on the light side or the dark shadow side of your signs but it's all like the universe only knows yes so I think that that always that that is what drew me to astrology, because it's something that doesn't tell me rules that I have to follow more. So I learn more about myself. I would love to get into the modern take on astrology with you. Like what kind of people come to you for their readings? Is it just a certain demographic or is it more like millennials, more Gen Z, or is it truly like people from all different ages?
1: Yeah, um, I find that, um, just from like the circle that I'm in, I kind of get all walks of life. Um, and I usually get like people who pay for readings and they come back on a regular basis. They're women (laughs) around our age.
0: That's what, yes. That's what I wanted to ask as well. It's like, is it men as well, or is it predominantly women?
1: So it is predominantly women, but I find when I do many readings at events or birthday parties, there are a lot more men that want to get readings than women. So I find that men are becoming a lot more curious when it comes to tarot and astrology and they want to have intelligent conversations, but they just don't know how to start or like be able to carry it. And I find that with me, I'm just, I just will talk their ear off and they're just like, they're very open and receptive to listening to me. And that is something that um, I'm pleasantly surprised by.
0: I agree. I also like when I, when I raise this topic, I, I like to raise this topic and ask about astrology whenever I'm on a date as well, because not necessarily to know their sign and to figure out more about them, but also in, in like the way of like, do they take it seriously? Do they, because it says a lot about a person, like you don't have to agree with me that it's, um, it's a great thing, but you can respect it. And so basically I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a great quote unquote test to to figure that out and um but i also feel like the the men i talk i talk to about it they are quite open like at first they're like "Mm, i don't know and then you put i use cafe astrology to get like the basics so then when i show them that and read some of this stuff to them they're like huh yeah that's like uh, that that's quite accurate But this doesn't, this doesn't fit. I'm like, well, it's not meant to all fit to you, but that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's actually funny. Like I have this rule for myself when I'm dating. I am never the first one to bring up astrology. I just want to see like and I like I have it on my profiles like it's very much a part of my identity like that I'm into astrology and just to see how they respond to it. And I found that they are always the one to bring it up of like, oh, so what's your sign?
0: (laughs) Do you think, though, that this is like kind of also because um, men have kind of learned that they can Like it's, it's the same way that men use like emotional maturity sometimes to kind of manipulate women as well. Do you think they use astrology as well? Oh
1: yeah, definitely. I feel like it's definitely their game of like, oh, see, like I'm emotionally vulnerable and like I, I, I'm open to abstract thinking like astrology, (laughs) but I sense that. And then I come in very hard of like, oh, well, here's like the technical, like breakdown of astrology of your, of your birth chart, if you're interested. And then I go into it. And, um, a part of astrology that I have a growing fascination with is, um, predicting what could happen like predictive astrology um and so I do that to them just to scare them a bit <laughs> if i feel as though they're a little arrogant i'm like oh well you know and i'm like okay well um you're a libra okay well have the last two years been very challenging for you where you've had to experience a uh, change in your career and your drive and motivation. And um, now you're entering into a time where you realize that a lot of your relationships, you have to like, you're growing beyond them or etc. And they're like, wait, how do you know? <laughs> I'm like well that's the type of astrology that I study and that's the type of astrology that people are interested in not like the pop culture makeup what you think Aries is about
0: Exactly. Yes, it's like yeah the Aries like where's a lot of makeup and it's like this and this and that. No. We we're here we're here to heal. So that's also that's also something I wanted to touch on is like how can we use astrology as in support of our healing journey? Yeah,
1: I feel like astrology is great for just helping you. So here's the thing about astrology. We have all of the signs in our chart. Yeah. We are not just designated to like the sign that we, you know, were born on. No, we have all of the signs within us. And each of the zodiac signs, they have a lot of great mythological stories and lessons at- attached to them that can help us in different stages of our life. So I find that people can use astrology to really help them develop characteristics or abilities that are underdeveloped in their life and they want to grow into. So if you don't feel comfortable talking, look more into what, Gemini is all about and the different stories connected to Gemini and how that relates to you and how that can help you become a better communicator. Or, you know, if you're having relationship issues, look to Taurus when it comes to your self worth and how you can pour into yourself so you can attract the right person, but also then look to Libra so you can communicate in interpersonal relationships and develop that closeness. So I think that's how people can use astrology to help them heal and for their personal development.
0: I love this because I've never thought about it that way. Of course, I've gotten into, you know, like Mercury retrograde and also like, as we already talked about Saturn return and all that, but really looking towards like the sign in, in your own chart and like where those fall for you, like that is so interesting. And like, I feel like that's a very approachable way to look at astrology as well, because all of us can Google this. And if we don't want to Google this, there are people like you that can actually help with this and it's a, such a great asset and it's just opening up so much more again it doesn't come with certain rules or like restrictions and all of that it's more it the more you get into astrology the the more you go beyond and the more you extend your your realm and basically your whole understanding of the world and yourself so i feel like this is really cool how do you feel about those people who are like oh like i could never be with a gemini or because i have to okay wait <laughs> because I have to okay I'm gonna be brutally honest here um not the best experiences with Gemini me personally what women I love Gemini women my coach Alex like she's a she's a Gemini woman and love it Gemini men I don't know what it is but it's it's been difficult I girl same, <laughs>
1: same. <laughs> <laughs> same 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 but I find that those relationships where you're just like oh, I just I can't I can't do it with them there is a part of how they express that energy that is like triggering for you so I found like with my bad experiences with Gemini's that was like earlier on when I was young and dating and I didn't really know how to communicate what I needed in relationship. So like that Gemini and it was a Gemini stallium at that came into my life. <laughs> and highlighted how like communication is so important in relationships so now I'm like okay well I'm not gonna write off all Geminis but I know when I'm dealing with a Gemini communication is key and even if I feel as though I'm overly communicating that is something that I just feel more confident in myself doing so
0: yeah yeah do you agree with the fact that Gemini are two-faced
1: okay I don't think they're two faced. (laughs) I think they just love to explore all different possibilities. And
0: that's a very nice way to say that. (laughs) I feel as
1: though they love to play devil advocate just because they want to see, like, okay, they may have like their stake in like one perspective, but they're like curious. Let's just see. Maybe if we see it from this perspective, if it's not that bad. And I
0: let's just stir the pot a little bit. (laughs)
1: So I feel like sometimes when they're seeking out um, or exploring all possibilities to a situation, they kind of lack empathy with the different perspectives that they explore.
0: Well, let me ask you this. What sign would you never date? See, I would date all of them. Okay, um, on a on a scale like from all the, all the signs, who would be who would be a placement number 1 and who's a number 12?
1: Okay, placement number 1, I would have to say I love you dearly, but my Pisces.
0: Oh wait, wait. So number 1 is basically the yeah. least dateable? Okay. Who's the most dateable?
1: Most dateable. I do love my Leo men. Yeah, really. And the reason why is because, yes, they can be a little over the top and, like, wanting to, like, be the center of attention. But with Leos, you can't deny how genuine they are. And they do have a huge heart. And if they truly respect you and you just kindly, you know, tell them about themselves, like, hey, you know, let's just tone it down, they will listen. So that's just from my experience, but I find that um Leo's they tend to be very genuine and I've always had great experiences with them.
0: Do you have an unpopular opinion when it comes to astrology and the science? Ooh, oh my gosh, do we have time? (laughs) Well, we have a little bit until your battery is gonna fail.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's literally a four percent. I'm pushing it. I'm like I'm No, we can
0: it. do it. I prom like I know we can.
1: Um yeah, so my unpopular opinion when it comes to astrology and the signs. Oh my gosh, it's like they're all flooding at me all at once. <laughs> and I'm like trying to figure out like which one I want to pick. Um yes. Boy. Okay, you know what? I, I'm gonna bring this up just because I recently had a conversation about this with my friend. I do not like how Scorpios get such a bad rep of just being um just so like, you know, manipulative and uh, um just you know, all of the negative things that you hear about Scorpio, just like so intense and domineering this conversation I had with my friend was that a lot of that energy and those characteristics we've experienced more with Tauruses than with Scorpios.
0: And I find, okay, I have to disagree. (laughs) I
1: find that some Tauruses do a really great job Of being very grounded and genuine, but they may have some alternative motives of why they're acting that way. And sometimes you don't find out until it's a little bit too late. They can be very controlling and very stubborn.
0: I know I will have all the Tauruses in my DMs now being like, no, we're not. What are you talking about? But you know what? I also think that Scorpio gets a bad rap. My mom's is double Scorpio. So she's like a... um, sun and rising Scorpio. My mom is an intense person, but I um, I really appreciate you um, jumping in, like taking a stance for the Scorpios in our midst, um, because I, I was, I, as I said, I could talk for hours with you about this topic because I find it so interesting. What I wanted before your battery dies, what I want to get in though with you is, per the name of the episodes, what, what planet is making me sad today, what is that all about? We, do we want to start with Mercury retrograde?
1: Yes. Okay. So the planets that make you sad, usually there's some sort of big transit. So they're interacting with another planet. And that's the real reason you're sad. It's not just one planet. There's usually like two or more planets that are making you sad.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. So not only one, but like more. <laughs> that, that's exciting, Tyler. For the people who listen and don't know what transit means, can we can we say this and like... Um, yeah. So no it just terms? means
1: um, how one planet <laughs> interacts with another planet and their relationship. So nice. like, for example, uh, it could be like a transit where it's a positive transit. And for those of you who understand astrology language, that is a sextile or a trine. Sometimes conjunction that could be either or. Um, or it could be like a, a challenging. I don't say negative, I say challenging.
0: I call it challenging
1: that. transit. And that is usually an opposition or a square and just like listening to those words you can tell like okay there's it's not going to be comfortable whereas a trine mm-hmm. it's just like oh that's ease sextile it's like oh it could be easy with a little effort a square it's like okay something has to give something <laughs> needs to go in order for this to actually happen in opposition it's a give or take it's like a seesaw it's a balancing act. Yes.
0: Yes. So um, basically, when we get into into this whole lingo again, like astrology, you practice years for it. So we um, we don't. What we not want to do with this podcast is try to find this out in one episode. But what I would love to know is which planets should people know and what they're about. Because and I want to start with Mercury retrograde because that is something that has been adopted by the mainstream. So much, but I think people don't really know what it means. Or actually like, how does, actually, how does a okay, retro because so I talked to my best friend works. about it. The planet isn't how does moving a it's just work. not
1: moving as fast as it usually is. So in the sky, it looks like it's moving fast. I'm moving backwards because we're moving at like the, con, you know, the constant speed that we're going at. And that planet is just kind of lingering. So that's the reason why it looks like it's going back. It's just because we're still moving and it's not moving as fast.
0: You know what we thought? We were just like, okay, okay. how does it work? So like, is it because the energies? and maybe it turns a different way and we're like you're like yours makes so much more sense because we're just faster than them so like that's why it's called a retrograde it's
1: that simple but yeah so the reason why mercury retrograde is that girl in the news and everywhere is because mercury is one of the closest planets to the sun into earth so that orbit it affects us and Mercury retrograde happens about three times a year. So this isn't anything new. We're very familiar with Mercury retrograde energy, but because Mercury is the planet that deals with technology, uh, communication, travel, processing information, that takes up a big part of our society and the collective energy. So when that planet is going retrograde, it's going to affect us deeply because we all have our iPhones, we all got our computers and our cars and etc. And we all have our very you know uh, regimented schedules that we have to like you know be punctual with. But retro, but Mercury retrograde is like okay, let's take a step back. We don't need all these routines that we do on a daily basis. Sometimes it's okay to like take a break with that, or maybe it's like okay, there's this plan that you really want it to go, you know, step by step but it's not the best plan for you. So Mercury retrograde kind of like, you know, likes to add its energy to the mix being like, well, let's just have this happen to redirect you. And also a retrograde is all about reflecting and seeing what you can finish from the past. So during a Mercury retrograde, the reason why there's a lot of delays on wanting to do things that are new, it's like, no, you don't need to add more to your plate We've already have a lot on our plate that we experienced this year. So let's take this period to process that instead of just continuously moving through life and being like, Oh, we got it. We understood what that lesson meant or we understood what that conversation meant.
0: Retrograde is like, actually you don't. So let's sit that. It's so hard. It's so hard sometimes because our life, our, our, like even if retrograde is happening, like our life still happens, right? Like, it's still going on because life doesn't stop and you still have to do your stuff um, in everyday life. When it comes to the planets making us sad or having an impact on us, why is that?
1: So I like to see astrology as correlation instead of causation. So the planets being squared or having a challenging transit, it doesn't mean that, you know, Oh, it's going to negatively affect you and it's going to, you know, make you cry No, it's just saying that there's some sort of, you know, frustration or conflict that you have to face head on. And a lot of times you can do that and not cry.
0: And that makes you an Aquarius. (laughs) or a Capricorn. <laughs> exactly. And then if you have a rising in cancer, then you will cry because... Uh... Exactly. Whereas, yeah, because, you know, it's you like,
1: know? you know, sometimes, you know, people process frustration and conflict differently. You know, there are some people who can see it yeah. can be very detached and objective and just logical about it. But then there are some people who take that very personally and their emotions can be, you know, you know, ev- inflicted with that. So I think that is something to think about. So it's not the planets that are doing. Doing anything. It's just a correlation. So if yeah. you feel as though that yeah. like, oh, I'm feeling really sad today, what planet is going on? It's like, instead of asking what planet is going on, sit with what is causing you to feel that sadness. And if you're not sure with it, yeah. then go and look at astrology to give you a clue on the themes you should investigate to help you find out the route to that sadness.
0: You can be a little Sherlock Holmes and just like do a little digging. But first of all, and I agree, like my next question would be, how can we prepare or how can we deal with, let's say, mercury retrograde? I mean, one thing for me is even knowing that it's mercury retrograde, it gives me more ease when it comes to technical stuff. When it in that moment, whenever something doesn't work, I'm like, let me check. Let me check if it's Mercury retrograde and it gives me some some kind of solace to be honest with you. So how can we, when it's when it's other planets, when we have a square, when we have an opposite, like how can we deal with this? So I
1: feel like the best thing to do is to take a step back and reflect instead of just trying to just like push through and just be like, all right, well, we'll just figure it out. It's all about seeing things. It's It's trying to build our awareness, whether we like it, Or not so when it comes to mercury retrograde all right when it comes to your plans during this period be open and be flexible for things to change um or understand that your communication isn't going to be as clear so be open to misunderstandings um or when it comes to you know a challenging aspect happening in you know the the sky instead of being like oh well, there's gonna be something bad that's gonna happen. Just be like, okay, challenge, change. What needs to change?
0: Yeah. And it's also in a way we can we can prepare for it, but we can also go in there with the knowledge that we have. And it yeah, again, it, it just calms. It's just calming. And also it gives you another way to deal with your healing, with your feelings. You learn to get to know yourself better. And if you can be open to it, and that's why not everyone has to be into astrology, but no one can deny that it's fun. No one can deny that it's actually fun too. And it's always a great conversation starter. So when these things happen and when something is going on with yourself, yeah, playing detective and going into it and be like, that is interesting. Instead of being like, oh, that's bullshit. Being like, no, that's interesting. And it gives me a new aspect into it. and. I just love it. I just love talking about astrology because you always find out new things. And also, where would you say, what are the resources where people can most easily get more insight? Because there are a lot of pages out there. There is a lot of information out there. Uh, A lot of it is contradicting. And when I had my moon babe circles and I would research for like the full and the new moon, that could be a a whole other episode on itself. But um, when I was researching that, they were almost like contradicting things that I was reading. So what are resources that you, as an astrologer, are like actually like, yeah, that's that's the real deal.
1: Yeah, so um, the real deal, it's going to, It's called an ephemeris almanac, and it shows you uh, the placement of all of the planets throughout like the whole year. Um, And that's like just something that, you know, you can just look up and you can see like, oh, all right. The planet was at five degrees of Capricorn on this day. And the moon was on that astrolata on YouTube. And the reason why is because she brings on multiple different astrologers. So you get to see astrology from different Um, Perspectives. Um, So, watching her page, um, watching her channel over the years has helped me a lot shape how I view and interpret astrology. Um, Yeah, so there are so many resources. Um, Yeah, I mean, there are books, but the thing is, it's all here's one thing I'll say when it comes to studying astrology, it's gonna take time. Like for me, I've been studying astrology for over 10 years and I'm still studying. Um yeah so and it's like I go through phases where like, you know, there is like a book where like that really helps me with my astrology knowledge where I'm like, oh, actually, you know what? I've learned enough from this resource. So I, you know, listen to seminars on YouTube or I read articles um, or even just like talking about it with my friends, even if they don't understand astrology, Mm -hmm. just like doing their own basic understanding and just having conversations. It really helps you shape like, oh, okay, like I didn't really understand. understand cancer energy but now hanging out with my friend that's a cancer and doing my own research I understand the dynamic of that energy you're doing like a field study exactly Yeah,
0: I love that. That is so cool because, like, I feel with astrology, it's yes, it, it when you first get into it, it all sounds very complicated, and especially when you get into the birth chart reading and all that. But I think from my personal experience, I would also say just start small, like res- or like you started, right? Like research your sign, maybe research like what your rising and your moon is, so you can understand that a little bit better. And then um, definitely everyone follow Tyler as well because. She's doing a freaking phenomenal job at doing this. But yeah, it's true. It's just like dip your toe into it. And even if you don't subscribe to the whole idea, like it it, it doesn't hurt. That's the thing. It doesn't hurt. One thing
1: I was going to say too, it's like all of this astrology knowledge that we've had has lasted tens of thousands of years. And I think that is something that people aren't aware of. I think a lot of times people think that like, oh, like, the signs and everything that was developed like a hundred years ago. And it's like, no, this has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So for those of you who are interested in soci- sociology, this is a great like view into our history to see how our society exactly. was formed. And if you think about it, just like taking astrology out of it and just like going back into history and how just like life was created astrology kind of gives you that wheel of understanding of how personalities were developed, like I've been like thinking about this for a long time of like, okay, well, people who are born during the airy season, well, it makes sense that they would be known to, you know be no, no uh, they would be known for their physical energy um, or into sports or like very impulsive, driven, motivated, and confident because by the time that they're developing in life, it's March it's April. Those are prime times for people coming together. Um, they are utilizing their skills, learning more about their skills. So yeah, of course people born around that time would have that type of aspect to their characteristics. Whereas people were born and during the Pisces season, that's like winter. You're not going to have a lot of interactions with people. You're going to be, you know, an observer and not as um, extroverted as an Aries. So I think that's also something that people should think about. It's like, okay well, take astrology out of it. Like, how does society run? And of course, like that environment yeah. is going to affect how we grow and show up in the world.
0: That is so interesting. I never thought about it that way, but it makes so much sense. Like just, as you said, taking astrology out of it and just looking at the seasons, looking at what happens in those seasons. That is, thank you so much for this, Tyler. This is, the that was, I learned so much today, but that was definitely one that I'm taking away with me of being like that, that was absolute news to me. So uh, thank you so much for this. To end this episode, what is one thing you want people to know about astrology or about spirituality
1: spirituality and astrology is a helpful tool but it requires your effort integrity and intention for it to actually have a positive effect on you
0: i love that i love that very much Tyler, before um, I wrap this up, this whole thing, where can everyone find you? You can find me on
1: Instagram at Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, period Capri, C-I-P-R-I. Or you can also find me on TikTok. I'm trying to do some content over there too. And it's the same thing. <laughs> yes, it's the same thing Tyler at Tyler, period Capri, but there's three eyes at the end.
0: I will put all of this in, Into the show notes, obviously. Also, do you have readings available at the moment, or are you?
1: I do. So, if you just reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, and just let you know where you found me, and I can give you a link
0: to. Perfect. We're going to put all of the readings into the show notes as well. Again, thank you so much, Tyler, for being here today, for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your your absolutely fabulous energy with us. Um, I think this will shed a lot of light on this whole topic for a lot of people. So thank you so much.
1: I'm asking for a friend. If you had the ability to know when you were going to die and how you were going to die, would you want to know? But if you did find out and there was a way that you could prevent it, but because you know you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Would you still want to know how and when you were going to die? This is such,
0: oh my God, I have to wrap my head around it because I don't think I have an answer for this right now because there are so many things that are cursing through my mind right now where I'm like, do I, do I not? But if this, what if happens then? So I'm I'm just going to leave it open. Thank you so much for your question because I'm going to leave it open. because. I mean, I just asked that question because it's all about spirituality and like,
1: you know, one of the things that you can be is like psychic and you do get information like that. So it's like, okay, well, if you do want to be psychic or a medium and you have access to that information, would you tap into it?
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Tyler. That is an amazing question. And with that, you guys, I am putting the question out to you. What are you asking for a friend right now? What are the questions that you're a little bit too afraid to ask? So let us discuss it here. My name is Elena. I'm your host. As always, new episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find me at Elena Megan on Instagram and also all the other stuff where you can find me where you can find my lovely guest Tyler all all gonna be all in the show notes you know what I'm not getting better at this outro so we're just gonna end it here thank you so much for listening guys thank you again to Tyler and I see you and hear you next week bye